And we're live here on Facebook. Uh, love to welcome all those listening in podcast land and also on YouTube. Rich, say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. Mike, are you recovered yet? No, not all the way. Tell the folks why you are a little, still a little bit recovering from. Um, well, the news you have to share from Thursday. Yeah, so it started Wednesday, but I got to go to the Field of Dreams game uh, and uh, didn't get home Thursday until Friday at uh, 3.30 in the morning and then uh, didn't get to bed until after 4. Had to work yesterday and then, you know, trying to just recover from that long day. So, but it was mind-blowing folks we're going to tell you all about that and so much more in the show um so we're talking about the field of dreams game we're going to spend a lot of time there um rich give the folks whatever other headlines we might talk about again folks we may just talk about the field of dreams game the whole time we'll definitely have to give you our nascar corner but i'm sorry that was your job rich give them the other topics that we're hoping to get to but we'll see what time allows that's all right Probably, like Mike says, most of our show will be talking about the Field of Dreams game, what happened, kind of the the live experience that Mike had, and the um, TV experience that I and probably anyone else that's probably listening to this show had. Um, but we'll also be, sadly, we, we still got to talk about what the Cubs did this weekend or didn't do and the nascar corner and probably some quick hits because um while we had the nfl skip for today that's probably so we'll probably push back our nfl talk and fantasy uh preview to next week so mike what time is it it's time to roll the intro Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa, this is Balls and Sticks, the podcast, with your hosts, Mike and Rich. And we're back. Okay, folks. So, first thing we got to do, Rich, as always, we got to talk about a poll question. Rich... How'd this poll question do? The poll question this week is, which sport would you like to see added to the Summer Olympics? Yeah, so this wasn't a, one of our traditional polls of which sport by just by just by itself. Which one do you want to see? We allowed you to vote for multiple things. So um, we only had one person add to the poll, which was you, Mikey, with free diving. Which is which you described on the show last week was taking a breath before you dove off the diving board and you couldn't. Oh no no no! It's not off the diving board. You just okay. You just like you you take a breath and then you drop. Like you're in the water already. Okay. Okay. You were the only person that voted for it. I was. I'm still kind of confused on what what it all is, but. Or how you could judge something like that, unless it's a no. It's a distance. Breath. It's a distance and time thing. Okay. And it's one of those that legitimately uh, the longest time wins, unlike okay. unlike oh, staying under the water. That, yeah. You dive? 
you you see how far down you can go but also part of staying how far down you stay also includes uh how much like how long you're underwater so okay so i i can still see that so um so of the options that I put on the poll before uh, publishing it, uh, nine people said they would like to see polling in the Olympics, which kind of makes sense. You don't, I'm sure wherever you hold the Olympics, more than likely there's going to be an existing bowling alley that you could use. But they build these. They build everything for them, so it's not that yeah, hard to build a bowling alley. Not everything, or you use an existing bowling alley, and maybe yeah. you limit the number of fans there. Um, dodgeball got three votes. You could easily use the same courts that you use for other indoor sports. Yep. For that, like that hand um, that handball court looks like the same size as a normal of what people play dodgeball in. So. Yeah. Um, three votes went for cornhole. Once again, you wouldn't necessarily have to build a specific venue for it. Um, it's crazy. One of the when we were talking about this, I think it was my wife's one going. Like, if you can hold a beer while you're playing the sport, is it really a sport? Yes. <laughs> I can't think of a. I mean, the beer league, uh, beer league baseball. I can hold a beer and run the bases. Yeah, and, and I have watched like cornhole, like on ESPN. I think it's on the Fox Sports. One of those things where I was over at somebody's house and was here. Put up, put, put what you want to watch on TV, and that's what I put on neutral for anybody to watch and there were guys that would hold like an empty canister it wasn't a drink or anything you couldn't tell what it was but it was like a cup like thing to put in their other their non-throwing hand to balance them yeah i mean if you're used to doing it you gotta you gotta stay with what you do yeah and two people voted for pickleball which would just use the same tennis courts. Yeah, I that are already being constructed. Again, I I don't understand pickleball as well, and so I probably yeah. I like I the pickle, I like the bowling yeah. and I like the free diving. I think both of those would be great. All right, so we're gonna go back to more of a traditional poll, and along the lines of Field of Dreams, I saw articles about where else should the MLB hold like a special event game like this, and we'll let you pick. We'll let you choose to add an option if you want to, but the four that we're gonna that are gonna start on the poll are gonna be Omaha, Nebraska, which is home of the College World Series. They've played a game there. I don't think no, they haven't. I don't think they've ever played a major league game in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Um, I put Rockford, Illinois, which is where a league of their own was film was based out of. Yep. I don't know where they actually filmed the movie. Um, a Sandlot inspired field. The okay. game was filmed in, uh, they shot the movie in uh, in Salt Lake City in Ogden, Utah, but it was, the movie was based in the San Fernando Valley of the L.A. suburbs. You mean Ogden, the place where we stayed on our way to? Yeah. Wow. Ogden, Utah, they said. If I would have known that, I would we, we should have tried to go see if we could see the Sandlot. I don't know if it's still up, but. Yeah, and uh, where did I put the third one at? I don't remember what what what, the, what I put as the third, but I published this while I was watching. The Major game. League? No, Major League was an actual thing that they filmed it. It was based on an actual location. Okay. It's no longer up now, but it wasn't Major League. Um. Bull Durham, Raleigh. Bull Durham. That, I see that as more of a minor league game, but I could totally see like a minor league 
series of like every minor league, every major league team should have to play a game in one of their minor league stadiums. Yeah. As I like a way to team. promote the league, as a way to promote baseball outside yeah. of the traditional markets. Yeah. One one a year would be good. I think that would, yeah. But we'll talk about that next week. Um, exactly. We'll talk about that more next week. So and I gave you an idea for next week's game. poll question. I don't know if you saw that. I'll look at it here. Okay. Um, All right. So before we get into the get into baseball in the Field Dreams game, we got to give the final medal counts for the Olympics. USA. USA. Yeah. USA. It was. The U.S. had the most medals at 113, and they also got the most gold medals at 39. Yep. So they didn't hit the... Um, over under the William Hill sports book of over, but still 39 medals, still pretty cool. Um, I mean, and the most medals by th- almost 30, but 25, I guess. 25. We had yeah, mo- 25 yeah, more medals China, than China. Yeah, China came in at 88, Japan, the host country, came in at 58 total medals. Um, uh, so if you take if you take China and Canada and combine their total medal count, the U.S. still isn't is ahead. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it out there. Now, here's the other thing, folks. You also have to think. Um, and and uh, Chinese Taipei only had eight, so that doesn't help them with. Um, China's counts because you gotta you gotta think uh, you gotta think if you think like China would think China would add any uh, any Chinese Taipei and didn't there what did Hong Kong yeah I compete think Hong as Kong well yeah allowed to compete so they had six. I think that was it for the Chinese, what China would call, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, folks. I'm okay with that. Uh, but either way, the U.S. still comes on top, even if you do that. So, yay. So, yeah, I mean, but if you're going to go that route, then couldn't the U.S. technically claim its territories of, like, Guam and Puerto Rico. Yes, but we let them be free and wholly yeah. free. We don't. Uh, we're not China. We're no. just a, just us having this discussion that they're not part of China means we're enemies of the state and are terrible people. Yeah. So that's our Olympic talk. Yep. Probably how everything other than the field of dreams is going to turn into. It's going to kind of feel like a lot of quick hits outside of the Field of Dreams game, but that's okay. We were never expecting to have this much talk about the Field of Dreams day because of, Mikey, you won the lottery. I did. I won the lottery. You won the ticket lottery. But, but even beyond that, I mean, when we talked about the game itself, did did you imagine it was going to be as good as what you saw on TV? No. Okay. Not at all. So, they so, did a great job of covering that game making the coverage special whether or not i got to go to the game i still think we would have been talking about this at length because of how great they did 
um, the top-rated regular season game in the last 16 years. How about that? Top-rated regular season game in the last 16 years and probably will be for the next 16 years or more. Why do I say that? Because I don't think because it's the first time we're going to have the the ratings are going to be that much higher if they when they do it next year, which we're going to discuss some of that. Um the ratings won't be as high even though I think the game is going to be the game is going to have a bigger following because of the two teams that we believe that it's going to be, that it's rumored to be, where it's going to have a bigger following. Yeah, it could. But it is not – I still think that this game is going to hold the record for years to come. Uh, Rich, I'm going to let you talk because I – I got a ton to say. I got a whole story to give you. We're going to we're going to first go TV broadcast folks. You guys got to see it on TV. Uh I was there. Tell me about the TV experience. Tell me your thoughts um and uh then we'll get into story time and it's folks it's going to be a fun one. All right. So from a TV's perspective, I thought that they did a great job of using, almost using the movie soundtrack in between to go in and out of innings. In and out of innings was really good. They put the, they put the broadcasters, the camera crews in more like period, period dress for people that would be attending a game in the 1900s. Um, a lot of, but one thing that both, but my wife noticed I didn't even think about it until she said something that she was kind of disappointed that they still did the modern music for like walk up walk up music walk up music and maybe coming in and out of the mound instead of using maybe like a pre-recorded like organ organ music like they did at Wrigley Field for years and years and years the only music you heard at Wrigley Field was the organ um and when you watch the when you watch the Field of Dreams, the umpires are also. I was surprised that they didn't put the umpires in more like a throwback uniform as well, having them wear like the black pant, black like maybe like the, even the performance maybe like golf pants, but not putting them in like a shirt, a tie, like a shirt, a bow tie, and maybe like a sport coat instead of a polo shirt, but. And but I think I mean other than maybe not putting the umpires in more of a throwback, it was a throwback uniform or jersey. I think that was the only maybe key detail that they kind of missed. It was like ninety degrees at three o'clock that day, with a heat index of like a hundred. I think if you would have made them wear the jacket, people, some of those guys were old. They might have died. All right. All right. So maybe maybe a short sleeve shirt and a bow tie. Yeah, I that I can go with. Yeah. <laughs> instead of the jacket because when you watch the field of dreams movie when they when they actually played the game between the 1919 black Sox and the other ghost players the umpire wore a shoot where war was wearing a suit yeah um so we're gonna we're gonna have the the we're gonna ask the controversial i'm gonna ask the controversial question 
What did, how do you think Joe Buck did? I thought he did good. Okay. It seemed like, I mean, I don't know if they were obligated to keep talking about it and bring it up, but it seemed like they brought up the apple pie hot dog, but that Chevy sponsored and with Guy Fieri's partnership with Chevy a lot of John Smoltz kept on bringing that thing up multiple times of I, that's the one thing I had to get when I was here or, Which, or I, I'm going to have to get me another one of those. So I don't know if you, they were obligated to mention that for sponsorship purposes, but I'm assuming like that so. was a common theme among that came up multiple times during the broadcast. Um, I was kind of disappointed they didn't do a seventh inning stretch. I know that's maybe we did Cubs or a Wrigley thing. They did do it. We did do it. And it, there was an organist that was there. So they could have had the organ the whole time, by the way. Yeah. Okay. All right. So before you get into talking about the story, because I um, the seventh inning stretch was one of my questions. They didn't yep. show it on the TV. Yep. What was the food like? What, what was the common food besides um, the apple pie hot dogs? So I will tell you, the apple pie hot dog was only at one spot, and I they didn't actually make a big deal about it until halfway through the game. So you would have had to go try to go find it and I wasn't caring about it. It sounded a little strange for me. Um, if I would have known they were making such a big deal on TV about it, I would have tried it. I'm sorry, folks. I, I'm actually, I love trying new food. You guys know that rich especially knows that I would try anything at least once, probably twice. Cause you never know if the first one was a bad, somebody had a bad day and made a bad burger or something. So I will try anything twice, but this time I didn't, um, I didn't realize that it was such a big thing. I should have gone and done it. I apologize to you folks. Uh, so that's the first thing. Second thing, food. Um, we got pork chops, uh, pork chops, and uh, which were good Iowa pork chop or uh, pork tenderloin sandwiches. They were they were pretty good size. They were not your like McDonald's size pork tenderloin or fried pork chops or um, I guess McDonald's doesn't do those. A uh, and W. Uh, they they weren't those tiny ones. They were they were good chunkers. They were like what you would expect at an Iowa bar. Um, think filling station, eh, not quite filling station style. They weren't one pounders, but they were oversized. They were definitely oversized. They were at okay. least at a quarter pound, if not a half pound. They were probably closer to a half pound. Okay. Um, so uh, we got we got one of those, and we got uh, pulled pork nachos. Um, so yeah, fourteen and six, uh, fourteen and seventeen dollars respectively, or okay. was it seventeen? Or I don't, I don't remember exactly. Okay. So uh, the other thing that I saw from the TV broadcast is it seemed like throughout the entire game, it seems like there were people walking in that pathway yep. between the original diamond and Major League's diamond. So were were all the concessions, the bathrooms on that side of the Field of Dreams site? Or nope. or were there things on the Major League side where you didn't necessarily have to go walk a, a good amount of distance from your seat to go get something? This or was actually one. So one part of it was my tickets. I had great seats. Um, and we'll get to that conversation in just a second before we're letting you interview me a little bit. Um, yeah. So the seat, from where the concessions were, I mean, you were – you got out of the seats, you got to the bottom of the stairs or you got to the, wherever you were, your exit was, uh, they were right there. They legitimately were a hundred feet from where 
where you got out of your area to go into uh, to where they where you could get food. They were real quick. They were all back by the major league field. All of it. Okay. Uh, most of the food was. They did have a couple food vendors. Um, I will tell you the worst thing was the memorabilia trucks. Okay. Um, the memorabilia trucks, they had, from what everybody I know that was there could tell, they only had two. Hmm. Two trucks. One right by the, the big stadium, one over by the Field of Dreams. That was it. Huh. It was... I don't know. It was not set up well for that. Okay. I, I don't know. From watching it on TV, I was surprised to see the amount of people that were going from the old stadium, from the original movie site, to the stadium. There was a lot of stuff to do over there. I'm sorry, but if I spent $375, $350 or more for a ticket for the game, as a baseball fan, I'm watching the game. Yeah. If I was going to do other things that were there... That's why I would have planned my day to get up there as quickly as I could to see and do the other things this, so that I didn't necessarily have to leave the game so, to go do those things. Because a lot of our viewers and listeners are Quad Cityans, you know the berm out in the back yeah. uh, behind John O'Donnell, Modern mm-hmm. Woodman, whatever they call that thing anymore. Um, the path was that. It was back by there. Um, there were spots where you could stand in the corn and actually watch the game. Okay. Um, and in fact, for the fifth inning, I think it was all of the fifth inning, that's where I was. Um, I was standing on benches watching the game, holding my sign up, hoping that a home run would be hit near where I was at, where I was standing watching the game. Okay. Um, I was slightly disappointed in the security because they did not let you go stand in the corn. Well, that's fair. I mean, it's still somebody's corn that has to be harvested and sold. So this was not designed for... Rich, okay. they they had a tornado come through the two days before, and... I don't think it was... I don't, they, yeah, they did talk about that in the broadcast. And they had to like put... a windstorm. Yeah, they had to put post... They had to put aluminum poles up to hold the corn straight up at spots. Okay. So it wasn't. It's yes, they can harvest it, but it was. I mean, they're gonna make way more money off of off of the game than they are that corn in that section. I'm not saying overall in that section they're gonna make more off that. Um, so it was. It, but it was so walking back and forth. I agree. I did. I mean, I never went out of the major league area. I never did. Okay. I was always in that area, uh, but there was plenty of stuff to do, um, and it it wasn't as crowded to walk back and forth there, so you were able to do stuff like enjoy the actual field itself, because the field was so crowded, like, so crowded the entire time, so um, it, was, it was crazy um, before the game, so... Any other questions? Did they, did they have a ceremonial first pitch? They didn't show yes. one on yes, the they did. on the TV. I don't remember. The, the guy who did it was not Kevin Costner. He did not throw out really? the first pitch. Correct. Was it the guy that played John Kinsella? No. Yeah, John Kinsella. Wasn't anybody from the movie? No. 
wow. I thought that was another maybe missed opportunity. It would have been nice to have, once you got all the players on the field, have the guy that played his dad in the movie come out in his period movie costume and then have, and then uh, maybe reverse it and say, hey, son, do you want to have a catch? And then have him jog out to first, jog out behind the plate and have Kevin Costner yeah. throw him the ball. Yeah, that would have been great. Um Man, yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, the the opening ceremonies though were amazing anyway. Um, they, they were, they were. The the first it, pitch it, was, the first pitch truly felt like an afterthought. The like the ceremonial first pitch, hundred percent felt like an afterthought. So that was kind of weird. All right, that's really all about the questions that I have of not getting to be there. Okay. Um. And, and for folks, I mean, by all means, I would have loved to have gone to that game, but there were a couple factors that led me to say, you know what, I, I can't do it. Being able to maybe not get a half a day off of work on short notice, um, the ticket price, I thought was a little high on short notice, but um, there were other circumstances that that led to you being able to afford it versus me. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into all of it because yeah, it's story so, time. Who's ready for story exactly. time? Go ahead. Okay. Tell, tell about the events that <sighs> happened that led up to you getting this ticket, getting to get up to Dyersville and getting to the Field of Dreams for the first time. Not yeah, just this, a game this... in Iowa. <laughs> the first time ever this going This is the first time place. I've been to the Field of Dreams. First, let's, let's get that out of there. So, um, if folks, I don't know. Most They've told the story a couple of times. Uh, but, A, there was only 8,000 people there. And it felt crazy to think. But B, and this is where things, uh, they gave so many tickets to both teams' um, uh, season ticket holders. They are they had tickets reserved for that. Both teams got, and I don't remember how many, but they got, I think it was like 1,500 apiece. And then 1,500 other spots were given out to Iowans. You had to enter a lottery. This happened, what was it, a month and a half ago, two months ago, Rich? Yeah, I think it was a month and a half ago. And both Rich and I put our names in to listen to this. This is what we did. Um, half of the people I know that live in Iowa put their names in it because they wanted to be able to at least go to the game. So we all put our tickets in there. It was great. Um and the first lottery hit, and I had friends say, oh, I got selected. I'm so excited. Awesome. I didn't know there was a second lottery that hit, and people went to the game. Or people were able to do it. Wednesday, 10 a.m., I get an email saying, congratulations, you were selected to buy tickets. My first thing I did, I sent Rich a message. Solomon knows this. He understands. I sent Rich a message saying, hey, tickets are 375 And his first response was, I can't, that's too much for me. And I said, okay. My second thing I did was I reached out to Solomon. And he said, if you're in, I'm in. The third thing I did was reach out to my wife. Folks, that was wrong. I should have reached out to her first. And then I get that. But I reached out to her to say, Honestly, my plan was to buy the tickets and offload them on StubHub. Not not kidding about it. 
I said, okay. So I did. I bought the tickets and put them on StubHub. And uh, while going through all the things, I realized that I had all but about $50 of the ticket in rewards from my credit card. So I was like, wait, you mean I can make it so that I'm only really spending about $50 out of pocket to go to this game? Yeah, I'm in. So about 8 o'clock, nobody had bought the tickets. Nobody had sent an offer over, which I had said that I was accepting offers. Nobody did any of that. So I said, okay, I'm taking the tickets off StubHub. Solomon, we're going. Meet you there. Made sure I could get the time off work. That all worked out. So, uh... Thursday, so that's how I got the tickets. I mean, Rich, you know this. The last time something like this happened, uh, a buddy of mine said, hey, um, because of Hurricane Irina, the Cubs are playing the Astros in Milwaukee. You want to go? And Rich and I went up and saw, honestly, I will still say to this day, the most exciting game game I've ever watched Carlos Zombrano pitch a no hitter that includes the game I saw on Thursday that game was exciting that game was awesome but I wasn't as invested because I was so invested in the Carlos Zombrano no hitter Rich you still hold the title of going to the the most exciting game I've ever been to and how great was that it it was a great game that that's still up there I mean I saw the Cubs lose in the National League Championship Series in 15. Yep. That's still the greatest game I've ever been to. The being a playoff, a Cubs playoff game in the National League Championship Series was an awesome game to be there. But circumstances, they were, they just didn't have it against the Mets that year. Maybe yeah. if they had won that game, I'd have a different perspective, but they lost that game. So, so yeah, the Carlos Sombrano no-hitter is still the best game and most memorable game I've been to. Yeah. Um, this game is a close second, and I didn't give a rip who about the, either team playing. I really didn't. Even though it was the White Sox, I couldn't have cared less who won that game, in all honesty. Um, Did Solomon have a rooting interest, or was he there for the experience as well? He was there for the experience as well. He's a Cubs fan as well. Uh, his wife, however, is a White Sox fan, so I actually offered them the tickets thinking I – I, honestly, I didn't think Danielle would be okay spending that much. My wife is amazing. She told me this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You have to take advantage of it if you can. So I listened, and we went. What's up? Yeah, and that was that was kind of like my wife's perspective. After I told her, you know what, no, I, I can't do it because that's too much money. She said, you know what, we, if, if you were that adamant about let's do this, I want to do it, we would have found a way to work it. Yeah. We would have sacrificed a little bit for it, but I – I still can't do it. We both have some amazing wives. Our wives are both amazing, aren't they? They are, but I, I, but that also maybe realized that we, they, maybe I do have a little bit of time spending money on myself. But that's a conversation for a whole another day. That's nothing related to this show. So, so we got the tickets. I leave work at two o'clock in the afternoon to chug my way down there because, did I say two o'clock? I meant noon. Sorry, left at noon. Just driving the hallway, um, couldn't stop, didn't have time to stop, didn't want to stop. Just I'm like, I got to get there. Uh, Get there about, I got to Dyersville itself. I have a friend of the the show, um, Derek uh, Ezer Ezer, Ezer 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 Ez
Don Hasselis were local. Uh, he let me park Solomon's car at, at his house, which was right across the train tracks from the road that takes you to the game. Um, so he let us park uh, a car there. Uh, we go to the get, so we go, and it, folks, if you've not been there, Rich can attest to this. He's been to the Field of Dreams a couple of times, I think, right? Once. I've been okay. once. Now I want to go back. Yeah, we'll meet there sometime. Let me know. Hopefully, and again, we're going to get to it, hopefully next year. Um, but there's nothing. You don't see anything until you crest a specific hill at the last minute, and all of a sudden, boom. Now, it might have been different because they had the whole professional major league stadium. I, I do that in quotes because truly, folks, it's for 8,000 people. Show me a major league stadium that only holds 8,000 people, and I'll laugh in your face. But uh, you get there, it's gorgeous. I mean, it truly is. It's it's t right now, and it sounds like for the foreseeable future, it is two distinct baseball stadiums in the middle of cornfields. 100% that's what it is. Um, so we get there, we park, we park out in a field, and you can, again, folks, you can tell that this is cornfield that they cut down and you and they, they decided not to plant the corn in the parking lots and took and planted grass because the grass the way the grass is planted you can tell it was planted by a john deere planter because it's in perfect rows i'm not kidding the grass was in perfect rows in the parking area um so we get there solomon and i were originally planning on tailgating but we got there at four. We got there about four thirty, four forty-five when we got into our parking spot, and we're like, "No, nah, we're gonna go in. We want to spend some time in the area. We want to enjoy uh, everything." So we did. We go back in. We we go do that stuff, and this the the field of dream side of it is breathtaking because it's just you and and I have admitted that I hadn't watched the whole movie until. What was it last year that I told you that? Yeah, um, I believe so. It's, getting there, it is breathtaking just to see the the Field of Dream Stadium and the beauty of the house and mind-blowingly beautiful. But as you're looking towards left field, you see the lights, you see the stands, you see, and you're like, man. And legitimately, we didn't know what, like, there was no instructions on how to get to anything. So we're walking around, and we're enjoying it, and we're like, okay, so we go over here. There's going to be a path over here to get to it, right? Like a normal path? No, you actually have to walk out into the center field corn. Like, you walk into the center field corn, and it's, so, Iowa people know how tight packed corn is for real right you, you and i both know iowa corn yeah. is is packed as close together as possible so you get maximum yield for your value the corn was 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 planted about double width so it's like they skipped still tight enough that the leaves cover and it looks like you're walking into corn like you normally would but it's not because there's 
plenty of room for just about anybody to get through it. It's really not that bad. So you walk through, and you walk through about 15 rows of corn, and then all of a sudden it opens up into a pathway. And you walk back, and to the there's they have the, the guys uh, in the player, the, the community players, the ghost players, if you will, walking around back there. And you can take pictures with them, and there's spots to take pictures with the Sox logo or the Yankees logo. Um, and you just you walk through, and you meander your way back, and then you hit another row of corn. And this is where the path turns to the right or to the left, and that's the berm walk, if you will, of the stadium. And you walk around that berm, and you get over, and they have all the tents. They got the beer tent. They got your, they got all that stuff. Uh, they got the food vendors and all that stuff. Um, and it's just gorgeous, beautiful. I mean, it, it's Iowa. People that that aren't from here don't understand the beauty that is Iowa and the beauty that is a cornfield. And I think they got a glimpse of it this week. This week on Thursday. The greens are just... Everybody wonders why John Deere green is that color. Because that's the color of the corn. That beautiful John Deere green is the color of the corn. Stocks. And it's just gorgeous. And the Porta Johns are hidden by corn stalks, by the way. They did that. So you had to walk through the corn stalks to get to the Porta Johns. Because they didn't have any real running water at the in the site. So... Um, buying my tickets, you buy, I mean, you got to buy them on MLB.com. You don't get paper tickets, but they are printing. And I, I ordered them last night commemorative, uh, and they're the perforated tickets that you can like, that feel like old style physical tickets. Uh, I bought, I ordered my commemorative set of those, uh, for the, from MLB. Uh, so I'll get those. Um, but the game, like, our seats were in left field, section 14. So that sounds like a long ways away, but it's it's the dugout, left field 13, left field 14. Fifth row on the aisle. Couldn't have asked, like, couldn't have asked for better seats if I tried, um... I, the front row, I don't, I never like being in the front row because, you know, it's actually, it's a little bit more crammed, I think, uh, we've done it, but, um, just, just gorgeous. So you get there, you're looking at the field, you're looking at the 15 rows of corn that get from, from the pathways back there to the field itself. Um... And we're just, we're taking it in. We're enjoying it. They're playing um, behind the scenes stuff. They're talking about, they're playing advertisements. They, they have a giant TV, like the, the normal like scoreboard video wall. They have one of those. Uh, in center field, as you could see, they, they mocked up a barn look to hide the cameras. So to, to make it look a little bit better. Uh, and then in right field, Rich, 
the Wrigley Field scoreboard being a mechanical scoreboard is amazing. It is breathtaking in center field out there. But these guys had an old-school style library ladder that they moved back and forth mechanical scoreboard, like what you had in Little League. Yeah, that was a perfect touch as well out in left center, I believe it was. Out in left center. That was a great touch as well. And to put the people like in overall. Oh. Also, they were in per- they were in more period yeah. style dress as well. That was a perfect touch perfect um touch as well they, i think they said on the broadcast that the clock had to manually be i don't think that was accurate minute. i think they were just joking honestly oh, okay. I, they, they think they were just joking i don't think that was real um it might have been but i think they were joking about it uh oh, there, okay. there was electricity all over the place out there so i mean they had the lights so i think they that was a joke uh so Okay, I just spent all that time telling you how beautiful and amazing it was to get to the game and to do all that stuff. By the way, I didn't tell you, so I made it a a two-sided sign. The front side said, hey, Joe Hart, want to have a catch? That's my daddy, folks. Um, I, man, I thought that was going to get me on TV, and then I didn't realize they weren't going to do TV. They did not do much crowd footage. There really wasn't a lot of crowd footage, uh, which I did. I mean, you, while you were there, you couldn't really tell. Uh, but but mostly between innings, they were playing um, clips from the movie that led into ways for them to talk about the movie and the field. The way that they did the production, I have no problem with. Um, it just means next year when we go, or if I go, um, I'm not going to bring a sign. Like, there's no need to bring a sign at that point, right? Like. If they're not going to come show crowd shots, don't bring a sign. Um, but the other side uh, said, uh, end MLB blackouts. Let Iowans watch their favorite teams. Uh, folks, if you don't know, the MLB is the only major league sport that still has blackout rules that don't have a failover. Um, what that means, like um, NFL games, you can be blacked out if they aren't over a certain percentage sold of tickets. I think that's both the NBA and MLB, but it's only for the city, the geographic city location that you're in. Um, it does not include like Iowa, for instance, Iowa is not blacked out for any NFL or NBA or NHL game because we don't have a team. Iowa is blacked out of six, six major league baseball teams. And that question did come up in a press conference that I guess Rob Manfred did on site. Good. And his only response was, "That's a complicated issue." No, it's not. It, well, in because in the way they they kind of explain it is because Major League Baseball doesn't have like a national broadcasting deal like the NFL does. You can't necessarily compare the NFL TV rules to the ba- baseball TV rules. All these individual teams have regional cable network deals okay to where they don't want to where if you live in an area where you could have access to get one of those national get one of those regional cable networks like marquee network or whatever the twins play on or whatever the cardinals or the brewers play on technically that makes you in the home market 
of that particular team. Where I live, we don't get that. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, and, and so basically, you could pay to. Does it, here's a. I got a quick question for you though, Rich. Sure. The Cubs have the marquee network. If you have Dish Network or DirecTV, I'm sorry, DirecTV, not Dish. Yeah. If you have DirecTV, you can be anywhere in the country and have it. Does that mean the entire country is under blackout rules? No. And they, there was even a Wall Street Journal article that got put up talking about blackout rules and Iowa's, but the disadvantage that Iowa's at. Iowa gets they compared it that They compared it to where, like, if you're a – like if you're a Phillies fan and you live in New York City, you're not blacked out of watching the Phillies game by streaming. By street, you can't. You're not blacked out, and you could watch a Phillies game on on the MLB app. Yep. Fast forward to Iowa, where we're at, we're blacked out and can't watch those six teams. Yeah. Uh, even though we're paying for MLB's, even though you could pay, elect to pay for MLB's streaming service. Now, luckily, they don't black out radio deals. No. Okay. Back to story time. Sure. Okay. We got you the political. Only, I only do. I only went that direction yep. because you brought up yep. the blackout. Recently. No, and I and it totally is fair. Like it's it's a thing. I held that sign up as much as I could. Uh, I know it wasn't on TV. It's fine. They didn't show enough. T- they didn't show enough of the crowd. That would be my one criticism, if any. I didn't think it was terrible. I just think that's my one criticism. Okay. Enough said. Okay. So Solomon and I are sitting in our seats. We get to our seats. You're just soaking in the beauty of Iowa. Soaking in the beauty of a baseball stadium that two years ago was where corn was being built, was being planted. And up comes the game. And we know that it's game time. And all of a sudden the music starts. And this is what you saw on TV, folks. But out of the corn comes a figure in white. And his hair is not as dark brown as it was back in 89. He's aged a little bit. But we all knew that Ray was coming out of the corn. And the amount, it happened a couple of times. But you could hear people shouting. They will come, Ray! (laughs) Ray, they're come! And we did. And the music swells, and he's wandering around on the baseball stadium. And tears come to your eye. Because of the the, the volume and the weight of the moment hits you. You're in Iowa... And you're seeing a major league game live. And the beauty of Ray walking around the outfield was breathtaking. And then the players. You see them start coming out of the corn. The chills were real. 95 heat index mind you and a shiver went through the stands because the beauty of replaying that entire movie went through your head 
and you you can't speak. You're in awe. I think Joe Buck said it best. We were at the Church of Baseball that day. And you want to honor the moment. And as Ray walks through the field, and as the players come towards him, you're just taking it in. And then the guys go over and start shaking Ray's hand. And I know his name's Kevin Costner. Don't get me wrong, folks. But the feeling that day, it was Ray in his backyard welcoming the ghost players in to just play a game. And as they walk through the field and they line up between first and second for the Yankees and between second and third for the for the White Sox, their retro 1900s uniforms look so beautiful, you don't know what to say. And everybody gets lined up, and and Kevin Costner, Ray, walks to the right behind the pitcher's mound and says, says what he says, and talks about how great 33 years ago we shot this movie, and everybody told me it, it was a career ender, but I did it anyway. And then he says, I just got one question for you. Is this heaven? And at once we all shout, no, this is Iowa. And he says, I, I don't think you heard me. I said, is this heaven? And again we shout, no, this is Iowa. And he says, folks, today, this is heaven. And it just, the moment, the weight the beauty of it all, grown men are crying. I'm a grown man. Tears were in my eyes. I still well up just telling you the story. Rich, I can see how moved you are while I tell you this story. Like, it's okay. It was a moment that I'm not doing it justice. And I know that sounds crazy, and I, I feel like I'm doing a good job telling the story, but, folks, I didn't do it justice because at the moment, we were all just taking it in. And then we have the national anthem, and that's everybody was respectful. Everybody did had a great time for that. And then we have the game. Now, folks... The MLB couldn't have scripted a game better for this for this field. The air is dense. The ball is carrying. There's no wind. There was no wind at the stadium, by the way. It was calm. It was peaceful. It was gorgeous. We had a great time. Um, Jose Abreu hitting a home run in the first. Man, it was awesome. Um, we won't bore you with all the details of the game. The game itself, you, you can watch the game. You can see that they did a great job of covering the game, covering the beauty. Um, one thing that I thought was great was all of the, the Illinois people, all of the, 
New York people, all of the people that aren't Iowans, being amazed at the beauty of our sunsets. The pink and the purple and the red and the blue all marrying together in a way that only happens in Iowa. If you've never seen an Iowa sunset, check out the pictures. But again, they don't do it justice for you to understand how gorgeous Iowa's sunsets are. And I'm watching a baseball game in it, Rich. If I never if I never get to go to another one of these games, I'll be okay with that. But there's a uh, Manfred has already said we're coming back next year. And apparently, Anthony Ross or uh, not Anthony uh, David Ross has already let it slip that it's the Cubs planning on being there. And if it's the Cubs Cardinals game, whoo, buddy, look out! You think fourteen hundred dollars for tickets for that game for this week's game? On the secondary market was crazy. Wait till next year. So we get to the ninth inning, and the White Sox have established a three-run lead. And the Yankees fans at this point, by the way, the Yankees fans were not quiet for any part of the game. They let you know they're down three runs in the seventh inning, and they're acting like they own the place. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, but the ninth comes, and all of a sudden they're quiet. And I actually made a joke about it to the White Sox fans that were near us, the people we were talking to the most, because friendly Midwesterners. The, the Yankees fans were friendly too. Don't get me wrong. It was fun. But I'm like, man, what happened to those Yankees fans? They, they got real quiet all of a sudden. And they were like, and and two outs, game's over. We're talking about, okay, you ready for the fireworks after the show? It's going to be great. We're going to have fun. There's going to be a light show. I don't know what that's going to look like. And then there's a walk. And Aaron Judge brings them within one. And all of a sudden, the Yankees fans are on their feet going crazy. And we're like, wow, well, this game just got exciting. But whatever, we'll, they'll put, I mean, uh, no, man, what's the, what's the, the closer's name for the, for the White Sox? Um, uh, Lee, Liam Hendricks. Yeah, Liam Hendricks. Still has a one run lead. Still has a one run lead. He's been lights out all, I mean, he's been good. He's blown six saves, but honestly, over, but he's, he's done great the entire year. White Sox fans are not worried. But then he walks another. And then the home run heard round the country. Aaron Judge becomes the first player ever to hit two home runs in the same game in the state of Iowa. Uh, the second homer was uh, hit by Stanton, who was in the fifth spot. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Judge hit the judge hit the uh, home run right. that went that got him between one run. Yeah, Stanton that got him within one. The, Stanton hit the game. What could Stanton have been comes the game-winning homer? And Stanton, Stanton hits the game-winning homer. The Yankees fans go nuts. The Yankees fans are telling everybody how we're the greatest. We're winning this game. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, they get the last out. 
and in comes Britain, and this old guy. Rich, if I told you, if I asked you to describe a Yankees fan, what are you going to describe? Probably a Jersey-sounding Italian that is loud and proud and like, yeah. This guy, the epitome. Hold on, we're the words, forget about it. This game's over. Come out. No. No, okay. No. Um, But, I mean, these guys, when when, uh, Gallo comes up, they hold up their Italian flag and they're saying, What's up? Come on, Pisano! Come on, my man! Let's go, Pisano! Hey, cousin! Like, this with these guys! The whole game! <laughs> I mean, even in the ninth inning when he comes up, and they put their flag up and they're cheering for him. Like, they know him. Like, he's their cousin and their best friends and blah, blah, blah. They've never met the man in his life, but that's okay. This is this is New York fandom in its essence. But this old guy who uh, you could tell was had been a fan and you could tell turns to us and says, Hey White Sox fans, don't worry. Britain sucks. <laughs> he has more blown saves this year than he has saves. Don't worry about it. You're not out of it yet. And he comes, and, and we're like, oh, whatever. The White Sox fans are sitting down like, we just lost this game. It's the full, the, legitimately, the girl sitting behind us said, it's the Field of Dreams game. The White Sox can't lose this game. She's like 25, maybe 28, something like that. Legitimately, she says, we can't lose this game. This is the Field of Dreams game. We, the White Sox, have to win this game. But she was sitting. She knew that it was over. And we get, again, back to two outs. They're still down by one. They get a walk. And then Tim and Anders? Tim Anderson. Anderson, that's right. Tim Anderson comes to the bat. Sees the first pitch, likes what he sees. Crack! The type of crack that every baseball fan knows. The type of crack that when you hear it on the radio, you're like, that ball's gone. The type of crack that changes everybody's emotion in the stadium. He hits a home run that just flies into the corn and the place goes wild I don't know what water is showering down upon me beer Gatorade water vodka they had it all there folks but it's raining in the middle of a cloudless sky because the fans are so excited they don't care that they spent $15 to buy two beers. They don't care. They're just excited the way this game ends with Tim Anderson saying, not in Iowa. This is our house. And we stood there 
Rich, when we watched Carlos Zombrano hit his no-hitter, we spent 10 minutes not caring, screaming, yelling, shooting, hollering, hugging people we had never met before the game, yelling. The exact same atmosphere when that home run happened. And we stood there, and the fireworks go off. Apparently the fireworks weren't supposed to go off at that time. Mm -hmm. Apparently they were supposed to wait and clear out everybody and do all those things and then shoot off the fireworks, and they weren't supposed to happen all at once. But in the moment, it was perfect. And it was the exclamation point that made this game what it was. Folks, I'm sorry that I didn't get to describe the no-hitter that Rich and I saw almost 15 years ago now. This is the only game that I, this is the game that I get to describe to you, and it's the word pictures that I've painted for you are the best that I can do, but I promise you, still doesn't do a good enough job. We stood there for 45 minutes just taking in the beauty that still was Iowa. The sun has set, the sky is black. The lights are on. The beauty of Iowa still remains. And then I have a four and a half hour trip to get home. Solomon and I go back to our car because the traffic is so long. We decide that we're going to grill up our, our hot dogs that we originally intended to grill the first time. Get our grill going. Get it. Get the hot dogs cooked. And by then, the stadium was empty, or the, the, the drive was empty, and we could get home. Got home. But folks, that those are the memories that I'm going to hold with me. I'm going to remember this game the same way that I can I can tell you the story. If And if you want, Rich, we can do a special talking about that game at in Milwaukee. But how amazing of an ending to show baseball in Iowa. Rich, I'll, I'll let you ask qu any questions that you have or any comments, and then we have to get on to the quick hits. Nope, I, I, I'm good. You said A-Rod laughed at your sign. Oh, okay. So um, we had finished, the game had finished. They did the post-game that they do, and that's a 45-minute that's a show. Um, and Solomon and I are walking out because we could tell that they were finishing. So we walk out and we get over to where they're coming out of the studio. By the way, I didn't like that the studio, I liked that the studio was built into the corn. I did not like that. They did like normally when you're at those, the crowd is right around them. Mm -hmm. We again, were as far away from anything as you were out in the, in the berm anyway. So, um, no real, way to see or or to get to enjoy uh the that part and interact with the guys but as they're coming out of their um as they're coming out of the corn to get into their limousine uh golf carts to take them to the helicopter that's going to take them to the where take them to the dubuque airport so they can get on their private jets and go wherever they're going um 
A Rod, Big Poppy, uh, Frank Thomas, and I don't remember the other two. Um, I don't recall who the who the analyst, who the yeah. host was, but those were the three analysts: Thomas, Rodriguez, and Ortiz. Yeah, um, they're out there, and uh, I have some pictures of them. They're a little fuzzy because you know the crowd is like, you can't get to any closer. The crowd control, you got, blah, blah, we got to protect everybody. Uh, um, but I held up my sign that said "End MLB Blackouts," and uh, sure enough. A-Rod saw it, laughed, pointed at it, said something to somebody, pointed at it, and took his phone up like he was taking a picture. I don't know if he took a picture. I don't know if it's I, – I hope it's somewhere. I hope I hadn't looked to see if his Instagram or, or Twitter had it on there. I hope it does. That would be great. I doubt it because, you know, he's on contract with the MLB to be a good boy and to represent them well, so he can't uh, shake the boat too much. But whatever. Um but he laughed at my sign and enjoyed that I was protesting that they need to do that. Uh, also, the amount of fans that stopped me to take pictures. Solomon can attest to this. 800 people had to have stopped me to take a picture with me uh, and my sign that said end blackouts. Because everybody, Iowa fans abounded there. Uh, three quarters of the people were from, I don't think three quarters, but at least half of the people there were from Iowa. All of the employees were from Iowa. Uh, the cops were from Iowa. Everybody was from Iowa and, uh, they thoroughly enjoyed, like everybody appreciated that sign. Um, I was hoping to get on TV so I could ask my dad if he wanted to have a catch. I don't think I did. Uh, but it was great. I, Again, this story goes into the into the books that that I don't I don't think it ties because again I wasn't as invested in this game as I was the Carlos Zambrano no hitter, but it still goes in the history books of my mind as nearly as good, and I will remember this for the rest of my life. So, all right. So I mean, overall, I mean, you went to the game, you were there at the game. We we I am probably most of the people that that would listen to this show watched it on TV. I think it was an overall great success. And with the commissioner already saying that, yeah, we're going to be back for next year. I think usually MLB should almost milk this experience until the TV ratings start dropping or the demand for tickets is, is dries up. The tickets won't dry up though. Cause Iowa fans will always pay for this game. Yeah, it's just whether it'll be on a Fox national broadcast or if you'll see it eventually if it continues to where maybe every MLB team will get a chance to play in this game, either as the home or the away team, maybe it won't get the national coverage yeah. that this first game got on Fox Thursday night. Yeah, it won't. It won't. Next year's game won't get as much coverage as this one did because it's not it, – yes, it'll still be a historic because it's going to be Cubs and Cards probably – it might be the Cubs and Sox. We don't know. We really don't know yet. Um, but either way, uh, it's not going to get the coverage that that uh, this year's did. Because this year was by far and away the the best they could have done with it. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm hoping that they do. I mean, obviously, I don't think this game is going to go away anytime soon. Or at least I hope it doesn't. At least maybe do it four or five more times before you yeah. make the determination of, all right, 
if this is played out, it, it doesn't make sense for us to make a big deal out of this anymore and go throughout the trouble of doing this. I think but, the... I mean, what I'd almost like to see is to make sure that you get the teams that were represented in the movie to play in this game. And when you watch the movie, you had teams like the Giants, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Tigers, the Cardinals, the Athletics. I think those were just the teams that were mentioned. The Cubs specifically. and the, the Sox and the Yankees. The Sox and the Yankees. I don't think I don't recall if there was a Cubs player or Cubs player, ghost player that was noticeable in the movie, but I wouldn't I'd love to see the Cubs in the in the yeah. in in the game. No, I totally but agree. I, but I'd like to see those teams that were specifically called out, or you could see that, hey, that that's the uniform of the A's. Yeah. They should get to play in this game first before you go open it up to just any major league team. Yep. But the, the initial feeling that I got is you probably could have put the two worst teams in the majors in this game for the first one, and you would have had no problem getting TV coverage. Oh, yeah. Pulling the TV numbers that you did, the crowd numbers – that you did to come see this game. Yeah. I don't think there was a way MLB could have lost out on this deal. No, I agree. For the first one. I agree. I 100% agree. Um, yeah, I it's it's one of those things that, um, I mean, I'm glad that they're going to do it again. I, Rich, I know we talked off air. If next year the tickets are the same price and you get selected, are you buying tickets? I think so. Okay. Even if it's not the Cubs. Let's say it's the the A's and the Giants. Are you buying tickets? Yeah. I think I would buy tickets to see the game out there. Right. Because it's, I mean, it was that amazing. And it's done that well. Um, I'm sorry you didn't get to come. Again, hopefully next year. Uh, now, the, the sad part is is that I, I do also understand that if next year the tickets come available and, and you get selected, you're probably taking your wife because she really wants to go. I know she does too. Uh, my wife wasn't. Uh, like She was like, I'll go, I suppose, <laughs> but didn't really want to go. So it made it makes it easier for me to invite friends. And if I get selected, you're going to be my first call, I promise. Um, no, but by all means. I mean, Wednesday, Wednesday, when you – Wednesday it was like the sticker shock of the price. Yeah. The sticker price of the ticket is like, no, I can't do it. Yep. But the more I talk to my wife about it and sitting there working my eight-hour shift at work, I was – I'm not going to lie. I was jealous about it and wish I would have – could have found a way to do it. Yeah. Totally jealous. I was sad. I'm glad, I'm glad you had that experience, I, though. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, man, we've gone an hour and ten minutes, and we haven't even touched the NASCAR corner uh, we haven't touched any of the other stuff. Um, we do have to talk the Cubs weekend review. We are uh, Cubs fans here, so we do have to talk about that. Guess what, folks? They haven't won a game in a week. Are nope. you surprised, Rich? No. No. They, they were facing good teams. The White Sox and the Brewers are great teams this year. By and... the way, to so I'm I'm listening to the Cubs game on my way to go see the game. And uh, that's pulling – literally, as I'm pulling into Dyersville, as I'm making the turn – oh, I forgot to tell this part of the story. Um, so as I'm getting closer, the time for me to get to where I'm going is getting longer and longer and longer and longer. Because of traffic. Because of traffic. <laughs> and uh, the, 
the Derek uh, reached out, Ezer A's uh, reached out to me uh, and said, "Hey man, take this back road to get into get to my house. It's gonna add a mileage to your drive, but it's gonna save you." Uh, I was, um, I, I was about thirty-five miles away when I switched it over in my GPS, and it went from being an hour and a half to get to his house to being a half hour to get to his house. Wow. That's how bad traffic was. So, But so, yeah. as I'm pulling in, I get the news. Jake Arietta officially released from the Chicago Cubs. Rich, the right move or not? Yes. He just didn't have it this year. I'm surprised that he stayed with the team this long. Yeah, I think he got some uh, 2016 love that held him as long as it did um well yeah i mean i mean i'm I'm hoping it was more based on performance because it seemed like twitter was going wild of his comments toward his post-game interview with a with a reporter where it was via zoom call just like mike and i are having if you're watching us on facebook live and he asked the reporter hey would you mind taking your mask off there's no one around you it's okay yeah, and that seemed to be the bigger story of Jake Arrieta getting released rather than of saying, "Oh, that was the final straw, disrespecting people, a person's choice to wear a mask." And it's like, because I guess he's come out of being a anti-mask, not wanting to be, not wanting to be vaccinated. Yeah. Okay, but it is what it is, I think. But performance-wise, yes, he, it was time to let him go and cut your losses. Yeah. that that signing didn't work out because I don't think I was there was no way he was coming back to being a what he was for the Cubs in he 16 was, and 17 he was never going to be an ace again no 15 through 17 but you were at least hoping that he could at least eat innings and maybe be a 500 pitcher but this was a guy that was struggling to get through four innings a yeah. game every game that he pitched yep so so yeah um they got to face the Marlins for two games down in Miami, go up to Cincinnati for three, and then they come home to face the Royals. I think they pull out one against my, uh, against the uh, Reds, maybe? There's at least going to be one Kyle Hendricks start in there. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think I've, I've got to give him one game. i got to give him at least one game there, too, as well as uh, – And Kyle as fa- got his first loss in the last 16 games. Yeah, that that was tough. I mean, yeah. my my brother Josh was at that game. Ugh. And, Josh, you're not allowed to go to any more games. Yeah, cause and, uh, cousin Kyle to lose a game. Yeah, and uh, my grandpa Frank was at the game before that on Tuesday. Okay. Um, so yeah, so no, we won't do our normal. Do you see what's coming up next? Left. Yep, yeah, it's yep. left turn. We got the it's NASCAR turn, corner. Right turn. Yep, we got um, the NASCAR corner presented by Triple I Sports Card Incorporated, Moline, Illinois. Check them out for all your sports cards needs, either in in store or on eBay. There you go. That's our shout out. Uh, no, no shout outs. How how did who won that this week? Uh, Kyle Larson won the gold bowling at the Glen race. Uh, your pick of Ricky Stenhouse came in nineteenth. My pick of Ross Chastain came in twelfth. Uh, they're going to be at the Brickyard Road Course. That'll be fun. Indianapolis Motor Speedway. They're going to be on the road course version of it. Um, 200 miles or 200 laps, I don't know. Um, 
My pick, I'm going to go, I'm going to continue the trend of picking somebody below the cut line for the NASCAR playoffs, and I'm going to go with Chase Bisco, who won the race, who won the inaugural NASCAR race on the road course layout when he was in the Xfinity series. Yep, I'm going to actually go with Kyle Larson. He, when he gets hot, he's been hot a lot. Uh, and he keep, he gets streaky, folks. We are not talking about the NFL the NFL uh, fantasy this week. That is going to do our show. Thank you for sticking around for the entirety of the show. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, if Rich, if people are watching us on Facebook, what should they do if they want to listen to us in the car? Uh, look for Balls and Sticks, the podcast, wherever you find your. Uh, popular pod where you find any other podcast that you listen to on a regular basis and if you're listening to us on the podcast side and you want to see us live and interact with us live feel free to uh, check out our facebook page balls and sticks and you can vote in our polls by going to fans of balls and sticks the podcast and one other shout out we gotta we can't forget about is we do have our weekly nfl pick'em game up and running on yahoo Yep. Uh, you can find the link for that and the password and group number here on the podcast side in the description, as well as over on our Facebook pages. Yep. Folks, check that all out. Uh, and if you want to support us on YouTube, go ahead. We're on there as well. Uh, look for uh, Balls and Six, the podcast. We're there. Check us out. Folks, thank you once again. Uh, MLB, thank you for providing us with the content and the entertainment of the game. Uh, thank you. So we have three comment shout-outs. Uh, my mom, Sue Hart, said, hard to hear Rich. So that's why you got turned up. Oh, I turned you up. Okay. It was fine. I, I took care of it on my end. Uh, Solomon's Troop said, good show, mate. Felt like I was there with a smiley face because he was there. <laughs> but it was great. And then finally, my Aunt Debbie Scranton Washburn uh, said, great game, wonderful ending. How amazing was that? Folks, thank you so much. Um, we went long this week. I think it was worth it. Oh, yeah, totally worth it. Hopefully you thought it was worth it. Like, subscribe, ring the bell if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're listening to us, write us a good review. Let everybody know that uh, I can tell a good story, if you will. Um, and uh, besides that, Rich, what's it time to do? It's probably time to roll the outro. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa, this is Balls and Sticks, the podcast with your hosts, Mike and Rich.